and welcome to another Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Tusk, also known as Adam Chalk. And if you haven't already listened to the podcast before, where have you been? Forget your Vince Russo's, your Eric Bischoff's, your Disco Inferno's. What we do on here, unlike those grumpy bastards, is we give our honest opinion on the things we like or dislike from all the goings-on in professional wrestling, from shows like WWE Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Rampage, as well as pay-per-views and some indie shows as well, as well as talking about the latest news headlines doing the rounds. I hope you're all well. Uh, I'm going to get into the AW Rampage and SmackDown reviews in a moment, but I want to start off by talking about some of the big stories from this week. And there's a lot of chatter going on at the moment about CM Punk in AEW, uh, how he's not happy, supposedly. On Wednesday night, CM Punk came to the ring for a promo. He started the promo by basically challenging Hangman Adam Page to a rematch for the AEW World title. Uh, Page didn't come, obviously. Um, So Punk basically called him a coward and then demanded an apology for some of the things that Page had said earlier in the year. Now... The rumour is that Punk went off script here uh, and went into business for himself um, and nobody knew what he was going to say. There have been reports coming out of backstage heat behind the scenes in AEW towards Punk and many workers are reportedly furious with him. Now, I don't know for sure that whether this is true or not, um, or we're all being worked, but I will say that I don't believe that CM Punk would go on to TV in a company company that he's praised heavily in the media uh, and say what he did without sort of Tony Khan knowing something about it. I just cannot believe that. AEW are the best company out there at working people as well. Let's not forget that. And I believe that the wrestlers are all in on it as well with their tweets and interviews that we've seen come out over the past couple of days. I'm pretty sure that this is all just a big work personally and I I love it. Um, And Punk's probably the best person for all this as well. Uh, Some of the things... We hear, especially online, social media, from people that think they know what's going on. Um, Is that punk is difficult to work with. So why not play on that? I would. It is funny how so many fans on Twitter, especially sort of WWE fans, that's just so quick to jump on him after years and years of chanting the guy's name in arenas all over the world. It's ridiculous. Um, I guarantee if he did this in WWE, all those same fans would again be chanting his name on Raw and SmackDown. So let's all just get a life, shall we? Uh, The best thing to come out of all this, 
and that promo on last week's Dynamite is that we are going to be getting an AEW World Championship match for free on Dynamite this week as CM Punk takes on John Moxley on Wednesday. Uh, I can't wait for all of this because there's an excitement for me because if they're doing this now, what must they have already set up and ready to go for All Out, which is just a couple of weeks away now. Uh, I won't go into predicting anything for now because I'll save that for another podcast later on in the week. Um, I may be completely wrong with what I just said about Punk. I guess if I'm wrong, they'll be taking the belt off him this Wednesday. But I can't see that personally. But we will see. Also in the news this week is the death of WWE NXT UK. With plans in place to change to NXT Europe next year at some point. Uh, I think this has been on the cards for quite some time, to be honest. Um... NXT UK have been struggling for viewers and it is a shame because when it all started there were a lot of a lot of excitement um, over here in the UK and I know from being in locker rooms myself that talent over here felt like it was you know a, a dream of theirs was a little bit closer to work for the WWE they can do it in their own country now but it hasn't really worked out that way at all um, I think the pandemic had something to do with this because I think they were getting crowds before. Now, I don't think they're getting many at all, if any. I, I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched it for a while. Uh, but whatever the, the reasons are, there are a lot of very, very good talent being released from their contracts. Now, some have been kept on and have switched over to NXT 2.0. People like Tyler Bate, uh, Gallus, A-Kid, now Axiom, of course, Bled Davenport, and Pretty Deadly, but there have been 21 releases confirmed so far. They are Zaya Brookside, Eddie Dennis, Saxton Huxley, Amir Jordan, Danny Luna, Dave Mastiff, Millie McKenzie, Primate, Nina Samuels, Shah Samuels, Sid Scala, Trent Seven, Ashton Smith, Jack Stars, T-Bone, Tierman and Kenny Williams. There are some very talented people on that list uh, and I hope they all fall on their feet, which I'm sure they will and, and a couple of them may even be back in WWE someday. Would not surprise me at all. Right, should we get on with the reviews, which is what I'm really here for. And I think I'm going to start with AEW Rampage this week, just because I don't want to end the podcast on a bit of a sour note, because for the second straight week, uh, if not more, I did not think that Rampage was very good this week. Uh, There are some things on the show that I did enjoy, but a lot of it felt like... Uh, B-level stuff at best. But let's get into it because Claudio Castagnoli started off the show. He was alongside Wheeler Utah from the Blackpool Combat Club. 
he talks about feeling great being stood there with a world title in front of his idol and former trainer, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He says that he is looking for a worthy challenger. He throws out an open challenge, and Dustin Rhodes is the guy that answers the call. Uh, they talk about having a lot in common and a history together. Uh, they talk about both never holding a, a world championship until they got to AW, but now Claudio stood there with it with the Ring of Honor championship. I think the match gets set for next week on Dynamite or maybe Rampage, one of the two. Now, I love Dustin Rose and I think he's had an incredible career, but I am not convinced that he would be anywhere near the top of anyone's list as potential world championship contenders, personally. Um, now, he's obviously going to lose. He's not going to win the title. I don't want to sound disrespectful. And I actually think the match will be decent. It just isn't a match that gets me that excited. Who I'm not really sure who I would have had in that position, though. That's the thing, because everybody seems to be in their own little program, so maybe an Ethan Page would have been a little bit better, somebody like that. But we'll see, see how it goes. And we have Ruby Soho and Ortiz then. They challenge Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello to a match for the AAA Mixed Tag Team Championships, and again, I don't really care about that. We did have the AW Tag Team Championships on the line between Swerve and Our Glory and Private Party. Uh, this really was an extended squash match, to be honest, where Keith Lee just threw Private Party around like they were nothing. The pounce on Mark Quinn was awesome, though. Uh, I did enjoy this for what it was, but maybe Private Party could have been given a little bit more on offense um not a lot to sort of talk about i did like the show of respect at the end of the match and it kind of feels like they may be going down a route of this being a stable um which could be interesting swerving our glory need challenges for all out so maybe they could you know the challenges could be andrade and roosh and that could be a way to tie it all in with a private party, switching allegiances, and I don't know, something there maybe. That's what I would do personally. Uh, we then get the TV debut of Zach Clayton, and what a waste of time this was. I said last week when I reviewed it, I didn't know who he was, and after all this, I'm not even going to bother digging deeper into who he is to find out. Uh, so he came out and he cut a promo on the way to the ring, basically shitting on the town that they were in, which I've forgotten where it was. Hook came out to the ring and choked his ass out within seconds with a red rum. Uh, I don't really have any more to say on it. Just felt like an excuse to get Hook on the show, really. But... That's uh, after the match, though, they did have Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, seemingly challenge hook to a match. That's something I'd look forward to. 
They then told us that because Hook only took seconds to beat that knobhead in the earlier match, the next match has been added to the show. And it was Buddy Matthews versus Serpentico who also got his ass kicked. Uh, Buddy Matthews did look fantastic though and he won in no time at all. But this is more about the uh, things happening after the match because Miro came out with uh, one of Malachi Black's masks and the commentary team sort of put over like he may have done something to Malachi Black. He came to the ring and then just beat the shit out of Buddy Matthews. Um, They're clearly going to go with Miro, Darby and Sting versus House of Black at the pay-per-view. So that should be good fun. There are reports also that Lana's on her way to AEW, I I saw today. Nothing official, nothing from AEW, just... um, I can't even remember where I saw it to, but it's out there. So that's, that's pretty cool, I think. We then had Penelope Ford versus Athena, and I thought this was pretty good. I was really impressed with Penelope Ford, who is massively underrated for me. Uh, she controlled most of the match, but eventually Athena won with the awesome Eclipse, uh, which I thought Penelope Ford took so well and made it look even better. After the match, though, the baddies attack. Um, they attack Athena. Jay Cargill come out with a sledgehammer and she smashed up Athena's wings that she wore for the entrance which I'm not really sure what those wings did I think they moved about half an inch or something Uh, yeah smashed them up with a sledgehammer she then came down to the ring smashed Athena with a sledgehammer as well all fine all okay nothing I want to bury (laughs) The main event was in Best Friends with Orange Cassidy versus the Trustbusters in this trios tournament. And, okay, this was a bit of fun, I must admit. Danhausen was involved as well. But like this whole show felt for me, felt like it could have just been on dark or dark elevation. I could not care any less about the trust busters um probably because they all seem to have been pushed together and then told us that they're a big deal without really showing us anything they just turn up on tv as a group um none of them have really done much in other companies really not on this level anyway so yeah, I, I don't care. At least Sonny Kiss is getting on TV, I guess. Uh, quite impressed with Slim Jay as well. He looked good. I've never seen him before until he showed up at uh, Ring of Honor a few weeks ago. But yeah, just not not really that bothered. Um, AW really needs to do something about Rampage because... All I see on social media is negativity about the quality of the shows. And Tony Khan did tell us all that uh, Rampage would not become a B-show. 
but that's exactly what this feels um maybe they'll be better off giving rampage to ring of honor i don't know if they can just do that or not but at least we'll know sort of what it is supposed to be rather than is it a glorified house show is it a development show developmental show is it what is it what is rampage now i can't i can't really describe what it is or maybe they could dedicate the hour to the women's division and try and build that back up um i don't know but something does have to be done in my opinion That was Rampage. Uh, so let's move on to something a bit more positive, shall we? And that is, I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, but WWE. And WWE did have Smackdown on Friday night as well. And I thought this was a very fun show. Um, I didn't realise while I was watching it that there were only three matches on the show. And normally I'd moan about that and bury it. Um... But this time we didn't get sort of three two-minute matches that had no finish. We had decent matches of decent length, which all had stakes at the finish as well. But let's talk about it, shall we? Pat McAfee and Michael Cole were putting over that SmackDown was on its uh, 1200th episode. When Ronda Rousey just wandered in through the crowd into the ring and demanded her suspension be lifted uh, and she isn't leaving until it is Adam Pearson comes out with security and says he can't just lift it as it's above his pay grade he asks Rhonda to leave peacefully she says uh, she did last week but um, don't make her choose violence this week or something she then fucks up the security uh, but ends up getting arrested. Uh, she's taken out in the cop car. She's going out. Roman Reigns arrives at the building. Late for work. <clears throat> but uh, this is exactly how Ronda should have been booked all, all along in WWE. I thought it was great. Really great. We'll see what happens from this. But good stuff. Our first match of the night was the women's tag team tournament first round match between Natalia and Sonya Deville versus Toxic Attraction. This was, of course, supposed to be Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons, but apparently both are not medically cleared to wrestle or something, so uh, Toxic Attraction took the place and were added to the tournament, and I thought they gave a great account of themselves in this, uh, especially JC Jane who was diving around everywhere, really. If you are a regular viewer to uh, NXT, which I'm not sure you would be, but if you are, then you've se obviously seen them, and I've sort of buried them a little bit in previous reviews, but they showed me that there's something in both of them in this. Uh, I'm really happy that they got the win as well because I did have a horrible feeling that Natalia and uh, Sonia would go all the way to the final and I really don't want to see that. Uh, Natalia got a 
baby face reaction as well after sort of months of playing this heel. I know they're in Canada, but whatever. Um, one of the best parts of this was Bailey, Io Sky, and Dakota Kai turning up in the front row, and Bailey just shouting abuse at Michael Cole all the way through. I missed her so much. So good. Um, then the star of the night, Sami Zayn, was then in a really entertainment segment with uh, Roman Reigns. Roman sort of let Sammy in a little bit and recognised him as part of the bloodline. Sammy had a moan about Jey Uso and they were all like pally pally. I can't really do the segment justice. If you can, go and watch it if you haven't already. It's really good. Sammy's awesome as well. Then we get one of the most chaotic segments of the Triple H era so far because uh, Maximum Male Models were in the ring and just as Max Dupree starts talking, he gets interrupted by Hit Row. Uh, Max sort of tells them that they're not model material so they just launch uh, Marseille and Mansoir out of the ring. And then, for some reason, just start rapping. Uh, we see Maxine Dupree dancing in the entrance and then being taken away by Max Dupree. That was quite funny. And like I said, this was just complete chaos. I'm not going to talk about the rap because I'm no um, rap aficionado, so it seemed okay. Um... But I have no idea what was going on. But I kind of loved it. I like the chaos of it. Uh, I say we just ride this hit road train until the wheels fall off. Which they will at some point. You can just sort of feel that. But. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, we then get the Fatal 5 way match. And the winner of which would become the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. And face Gunther at Clash of the Castle. The Intercontinental Championship is actually going to be defended on a premium live event for once. And it was Sheamus that won this match against Madcap Moss, Ricochet, Happy Corbin and Sami Zayn. Sami got an incredible reaction in his hometown. And they just received him as a hero. Uh, Michael Cole even mentioned El Generico for this week's term that wouldn't be allowed under Vince McMahon in, on your bingo cards. Uh, but it's good to see that they're recognising people's past outside of the WWE, I guess. And what a great match this was. All five men got their moments to shine and they all took it as well. Um, Sammy was great. Uh, Corbin was incredible in that heel role. Ricochet just sprang all over the place. He was awesome. Madcap Moss was explosive. Uh, and winner Sheamus played almost a tweener at points. And his match against Gunther now is going to be hard-hitting as hell. And I can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome. 
Um, but yeah, really enjoyed this match. Uh, there's a part of me that really wanted Sami Zayn to win, but I think the crowd played their part on that, really. Uh, we then have the Viking funeral for the New Day. And although this isn't really my kind of thing, I can appreciate that there will be people out there that do like this kind of thing. Uh, I suppose it did kind of put them over as being badasses, which is the idea. Other than that, I didn't really like this, if I'm honest. Liv Morgan versus Shotzi was then next, and this was decent enough, and probably did a better job of getting Liv over than the awful backstage promo that she did just before this match. Uh, credit to Shotzi as well, who took the best oblivion I've seen, I think. Um, I think Shotzi has more of a chance of getting over and have a decent career in WWE now that Vince is no longer in charge. After the match, though, Shayna Baszler came out and she sent a clear message to Liv Morgan, um, threatening to break her arm, but in the end just booting her in the face. I love uh, badass Shayna Baszler, and I'd love for them to put the belt on her at Clash of the Castle. I don't think they will, but they're certainly building her in the right way. And again, exactly how she should have been booked when she first made this main roster. Uh, so many years wasted. To finish the show, we did have Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre coming face to face. Roman started off the segment on his own in the ring and says that he's the main event and carries the company on his back. And if anyone else says otherwise, they are lying. He also says that Drew McIntyre is beneath him. That brings Drew out to the ring. Uh, he says that Roman isn't representing the titles the way that he should be. And he doesn't deserve to be champion. He says that the reason he has been champion for so long is that everybody else in the bloodline is doing his dirty work for him. Drew says that now he's all alone and he feels like fighting. They then go at it. Uh, Drew goes for a claymore kick, but Sami Zayn appears and sacrifices himself and gets Roman out of the way. Roman sets up for a spear, but then he gets claymored instead. And Drew stands tall, holding both titles to end the show. And again, a decent segment to end the show. And then it has hyped me up a little bit for their match at Class of the Castle. Uh, I haven't really been feeling the hype, but this did a good job. And like I'd said before, I'm really enjoying this Triple H era of WWE. Uh, at some point, I'm sure there will be things that don't work. But for now, everything seems to be going well, whether that is just because it's fresh and new and WWE have been stagnating for just so long. I don't know what the, what the reason is or whether it is just good now. I think maybe it is. Um, but we'll see. I think that's about it for this episode. I think I've rambled on for long enough, getting bored of me um, and my voice, so that'll do it, I think. But I would love to hear what you thought of the shows I've just talked about, all the news or anything else that you've watched in professional wrestling. 
um, and let me know and you can do that by getting in touch on twitter i am at adamchalk8 while you're at it please subscribe comment and leave a review to the podcast on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcast from look out for more podcasts dropping in your feeds over this next week i'll be back to review monday night raw and so much more but until then I've been Adam Chalk, thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.